0: How can we use acoustics not just as a sad symptom of the decline of coral reefs, but as a tool to promote their recovery? If reefs aren't loud enough, can we amplify them using loudspeakers? If we know which the key organisms on reefs are, can we promote their conservation? And if reefs can't be heard, can we reduce other sources of noise pollution in the ocean to make them audible from further distances?
1: I'm Marcy Trent long This is Season 13, Asia's Noisy Oceans. And I'm Stella Chan.
2: Our team at Sustainable Asia partner with China Dialogue to produce this new season.
1: In our last episode, we spoke with Tim Gordon of the University of Exeter, whom you just heard speak, to begin understanding the importance of sound to marine life. We heard how animals use sound to mate, communicate, feed, and just move around the coral reefs to survive. Tim also explained how we can use sound to attract animals
2: back to dying coral reefs, to regenerate them after bleaching events caused by climate change. So with that information at hand, let's turn our lens back to our home base in Hong Kong and China to talk about the impact of noise
1: pollution on marine life here. Specifically, how dolphin species are struggling to survive with the increasing development surrounding their habitat along China's southern coast.
2: The Chinese white dolphin is actually pink. This unique species was first recorded as living in the Pearl River Delta
1: around the 17th century. But this dolphin species is endangered, with only 37 of them left in the waters surrounding Hong Kong. So we decided to
2: reach out to Sarah Yip, a marine crusader in Hong Kong waters, hoping to protect the remaining dolphins to learn more. Okay. Okay. So
0: shall we start on the English side first? Yeah, it's just a record, right? It's not like live. No, 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 this is not live. I'm Sarah Yip. i just a very ordinary Hong Kong people. We didn't actually plan to start the marine conservation. We actually quit our job in 2015 and travel around the world. And then when me and my fiancé Rex, we come back to Chau Island where he was born and raised, we decided to buy a boat. That is how we start our sea life on Changchou Island. Changchou
2: is one of the many islands that form an archipelago around the waters of Hong Kong. It is nicknamed the Dumbbell Island due to its shape on the map. It was traditionally a fishing village, and it is near the habitat area of the
1: Chinese white dolphin. Sarah told Stella that she and her fiancé, Rex, were once part of a large number of office workers in central Hong Kong. But when they both hit 30, they quit their jobs to travel and started seeing the world differently.
2: So when they decided to move back to Changchau, where Rex was born into a fisherman family,
1: they started offering recreational boat tours and squid fishing trips. WWF approached them with some funding to start doing eco-boat tours around Changchow Island. And teach people about how to protect the ocean and marine life.
0: In 2018, there's a beach cleanup on Cheung Chau Island that I joined, and I met the WWF lady called June. She invited me to apply for a funding, a small funding project called Blue Ocean Interpreter, for a not very big amount, but very, um, very encouraging funding from WWF Hong Kong. And so that is how we start the marine conservation jobs.
2: Sarah and Rex have taken numerous people out on their boat to try and spot one of the Chinese white dolphins. The dolphin's habitat lies in the nearby islands of Lantau, where the Hong Kong airport is located. But they have scattered since the construction of the airport and other infrastructure projects and are difficult to spot. I asked Sarah to describe the first time she saw one of the dolphins.
0: Actually, the first time when I see them, is really amazing. It was, I remember it's the first year we started about business. And the first one I ever see, she looked at me that she really wanted to seek for help, I guess. She was alone. So she, as a sea mammal, opposing group. So I guess she's lost. And then in five minutes later, there's a fast Macau ferry pass by.
1: Sarah believed that the noise pollution from the ferries was confusing the dolphins and making them lose their way. But she was hooked. She wanted to help protect this friendly sea mammal. So in 2019, she and Rex founded a non organization called Eco Changchow to organize school and NGO boat trips, which clear away abandoned fishing nets that entangle the dolphins. And during one of those trips,
2: she watched as a group of adult dolphins tried to save a young dolphin calf.
0: Last year in May 15, we basically saw like six adult dolphins which is pushing a dead calf body up to the water for more than two hours. They knew that the calf is dead but they're trying, six of the adults are trying so hard to push up the calf to try to pretend it's not death, which is the moment that you really thought about why or how you can help them not to die in Hong Kong order.
1: Chinese white dolphins have won the hearts of many locals with their friendly personalities. They were even chosen to be the mascots for the Hong Kong handover ceremony in 1997. Despite this, Chinese white
2: dolphins are increasingly threatened with habitat loss due to coastal development and serious water pollution problems. They are now listed as vulnerable on the
1: IUCN's red list. And the type of pollution having a massive impact on the dolphins is noise pollution, because dolphins rely on underwater sonar to survive. To learn more about how this sonar works and why it is
2: so important to the dolphins, I spoke with Doris Wu, a conservation officer from the Hong Kong branch of WWF.
3: So basically, they have a body structure to make sound in their blowhole. So for those sounds, they will pass through the melon, which is uh, part of their forehead. So for the melon, it, it, uh, it is used to concentrate the sound beam. So when they emit the sound signal and hit any obstacles in front of them, so the sound wave will be bounced back and then will pass through the lower jaw of um, the dolphins. And then eventually the vibration will be transmitted to the ear bone and, and become a sound signal.
1: This process used by dolphins to generate noise that creates a response vibration from a nearby object is called echolocation, a lot like sonar on a submarine. This exploratory process is so efficient
2: that when a dolphin encounters a human, they're able to sense muscle tissue, scar tissue, artificial body parts, and many subtle differences from one human to the
1: next. Echolocation allows dolphins to see with sound. They can hunt prey and interact with their friends in the murkiest of waters.
2: So if the Chinese white dolphin is so dependent on sound and sonar to survive, what happens if there are loud noises underwater?
3: So when there are man-made noise masking their sound, that means they cannot deliver their message in the form of sound wave Uh, clearly. They can't receive signals from the external environment, either from uh, the fish. From, the ves- from other vessels or from other dolphins. So the acoustic masking kind of hinder their behavior because they can't receive the signals clearly and deliver the message clearly.
1: Underwater noise pollution is a problem in Hong Kong waters and also in nearby Shantou Harbor further east along the southern coast of China. On the mainland, the Chinese White Dolphin is
2: listed as the Grade 1 National Key Protective Species. But just like in Hong
1: Kong, it's struggling to survive. So Stella reached out to Dr. Zhang Ruiqiang, oh. who's been studying Chinese White Dolphins for the past 10 years, to ask him how he thought ocean noise pollution changes dolphins'
4: behavior. In many cases, animals develop resistance and will change the way they act. So our current research on ocean noise is more about how it influences animals' behavior, because animals uses different tricks to adjust to ocean noise. Dr. Jung also told
2: me that, in his research, dolphins increased the volumes of their echolocation sonar technique to offset any clamor. But if the sounds are too loud, the dolphins become very nervous and will avoid the nearby area as
4: much as possible. You can refer to other similar individual-sized-toothed whales, such as bottlenose dolphins. As far as we know, their sensitivity to sound is actually much higher than that of humans, even a sound at low frequency, which is tolerable for us will make them very uncomfortable and change their behavior.
2: Most people don't think about how loud noises make life so miserable for marine animals. Dr. Zheng agreed that this is definitely the case in Hong
4: Kong and China. In fact, 90% of China lives in the coastal areas, and for most of the public, they aren't even aware of the white dolphins in their nearby waters. Not to mention understanding the impact of noise pollution. In fact, this is a difficult social problem, because we often view human problems to be far more important than those of other species. So until we devote more energy to protecting other species in the future, people may not be concerned about marine noise pollution.
1: Because of the low public awareness of how loud noises affect marine life, activists like Sarah Yip have their work cut out for them to save the Chinese white dolphin in Hong Kong. In addition to leading educational boat tours and cleaning up fishing nets
2: that endanger the dolphins, Sarah agreed to work with WWF to gather acoustic data about the size and distribution of their population around Hong Kong waters.
0: So we start one of the organizations who do underwater acoustic monitoring of Chinese white dolphins around Lantau Island. What We do it regularly to actually put a hydrophone into the water with cables and, and transmit it into data. Uh, on computers, so that we can monitor the, the the activity and the numbers, so that actually make us learn a lot because we need to work for scientists and biologists of dolphins.
2: Just like Tim Gordon, Sarah believed it was easier to use their hydrophones to track the dolphins rather than relying
1: on visual sightings. Are there any long- term solutions for the problem of noise pollution? caused by sea transportation and construction projects? Well, in the Greater Bay
2: Area around Hong Kong, local governments, activists, academics, and experts have put together a Chinese White Dolphin Emergency Action Plan, and WWF has recommended that noise pollution should be considered as part of environmental impact assessments carried out for new projects around Hong Kong.
1: WWF also recommended in the action plan the use of an air bubble curtain during underwater construction to reduce the noise effect. So we asked Doris, how would that work?
3: Mm, So for the air bubble or the bubble curtain, uh, uh, it consists of uh, a pipe that usually laid on the bottom of the sea, and then it will produce a lot of bubbles. So for the bubble layer form, it actually acts acts as a, a sound insulator to absorb sound and to uh, reduce the spatial extent of human noise. It's not that widely adopted because um, the cost of um, setting up such structure is actually very high. So, um, But we, we strongly recommend like for projects that could emit like... Very serious human noise, especially those involving um, piling works. We really recommend, like project proponents, to allocate um, some money to do that because they will have to um, ensure that the underwater noise impact uh, arising from the construction work should be minimized to to fulfill what's stated in the um, EIA, uh, EIA ordinance. The EIA
1: ordinance in Hong Kong requires all companies to submit an environmental impact assessment of their project to the government and the public for comment. And that includes construction projects and any new shipping or ferry routes.
3: So this is actually one of the standard measures, at least in Australia and New Zealand. So overseas, is actually quite widely adopted because it has been proved very effective and this can effectively minimize the underwater noise impacts and also like keep it at a acceptable level that doesn't really uh, impact the wildlife or deteriorate the habitat too much.
1: But Dr. Jung sees the solution to noise pollution and its impact on dolphins differently. He says that the bubble wall is simply a mitigation measure that may or may not be effective. It's better than nothing, but the better solution is preventative, only allow blasting in areas where there aren't Chinese white dolphins.
2: Extensive reclamation required for projects such as the Hong Kong International Airport and the Hong Kong zhuhai macau Bridge create a cacophony of underwater noise. And because these projects surround the dolphin key habitats, the dolphin population was forced to move further away, possibly
1: toward less suitable habitats. During construction of these projects, the Hong Kong government took the view develop first and conserve after. Stella asked Doris of WWF Hong Kong what she thought of this.
3: So we don't think this approach is good because if you just conserve after you've destroyed something, we can't really ensure that when we set up a marine park, the animals will come back and we can like restore the whole uh, habitat 100%. So what we recommend is that uh, for the Hong Kong government or uh, the project proponent, so they should take a very proactive and precautionary approach to do protection before any damages are done in view of the very um, significantly declining population of the Chinese White Dolphin in Hong Kong and also the broader um, Pearl River Delta. After the Hong Kong airport
2: first phase of construction was complete, the government established two small marine protected areas near Chau for the Chinese White Dolphin.
3: So we are actually quite happy to see the government setting up more marine parks for the dolphins. But in the meantime, we also want to highlight that they will have to consider the effectiveness of the marine park in terms of uh, the key area coverage and the management strategies. Settlements of Chinese white dolphins can be found year-round in
1: five areas of Hong Kong. But only two of these are designated as marine parks.
2: And fishing is still allowed in the designated marine parks, which means fishing vessel noise pollution and the risk of dolphin bycatch by fishermen
1: continues. In addition, conservation groups like WWF worry about the lack of patrolling and oversight in the marine parks. There have been incidents of illegal fishing in the parks, including mainland fishing vessels, which are not allowed to fish in Hong Kong waters.
2: And now a new controversial land reclamation and housing project called Lantau Tomorrow is moving forward near one of the five territories of Hong Kong resident White Dolphins. The project creates four new artificial islands with massive land reclamation around Lantau Island for new housing and transportation links.
1: The feasibility study, including an environmental impact assessment, is expected to be concluded by 2022, with the first new residents moving in around 2034, after a decade of construction.
2: This will be an important opportunity for Hong Kong to use mitigation measures like the construction bubbles that Doris mentioned earlier. But Dr. Zheng's point that the best mitigation is simply not to do blast construction near the Chinese White Dolphin habitat. It's not possible with the Lantau Tomorrow project.
1: So we asked Sarah, as a nearby Lantau resident trying to protect the Chinese White Dolphins,
0: what were her thoughts? For all these uh, sea mammals in the sea, they will lose their habitat. Not talking about only sea mammal, but all the fishermen, they will say, after all this reclamation work happening around Lantau, the the fishing haths they can catch is actually less than before. So imagine we're not actually only destroying the dolphin home, but we are actually lessening their their food too. That is what our advantage is to actually try to help out, to tell people how beauty of these four islands is and try to protect them before it's too late.
1: As Dr. Jung said earlier, we often view human problems to be far more important than those of other species. We can only hope that the 37 remaining Chinese white dolphins survive the noise pollution caused by these new construction projects. That way, we won't be sacrificing dolphin homes for new human homes.
2: In this season, we wanted to highlight the importance of sound to the survival of underwater sea life, whether they be fish on the coral reef or dolphins
1: in the open ocean. We also discussed possible solutions that activists and NGOs in Hong Kong and Southern China are promoting to mitigate the impact of human-induced noise pollution on the endangered Chinese white dolphin. It certainly makes me personally consider now how simply taking a ferry to
2: Changchow can create challenges for my ocean animal friends. Well, awareness and education are the first steps to make changes. I only hope the Chinese white dolphins can survive long enough for us humans to make those changes.
1: This season is brought to you by Sustainable Asia in partnership with China Dialogue. It was hosted by me, Marcy Trent-Long, and Stella Chen. Bonnie Ao was producer alongside associate producers Stella Chen and Wu Fei. Audio editing by Avery Choi, Rachel Lee managed translations, and Lizzie Hesling from China Dialogue served as our commissioning editor. Alexander Mobison created the intro-outro music, made from repurposed and recovered waste items. If you like what you hear, please tune in to our new show, Green Bites. You get all the news about Asia and the environment in 10 short minutes every week. The name of it again is Green Bites.